are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on another crossover. Is it the final crossover of the year? You know, I don't think so. We've got some big plans for the offseason. Check in on some teams specifically with the NFC West starting the week after the Super Bowl. But this is the final game week crossover. 49ers, Chiefs, Super Bowl 54. I'm here with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs and getting pumped for this actual game to start. Media week has been fun for a day, but uh, I think if media week was shorter, I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, it seems like a little much, doesn't it? It's wild. It's wild. I will say, and there's always costumes and yahoos being corny, and usually there's a lot of lame stuff and people who don't cover football showing up at the Super Bowl and trying to get some pub with their whatever morning radio show they've got going on in whatever town that's unrelated to this Super Bowl. But I will say the 13-year-old Andy Reid costume was kind of funny. The The punt pass kick costume, did you see that guy dressed up like 13-year-old Andy Reid? I did, and I absolutely loved it. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. That was probably one of the highlights of, my, of media night for me was that guy showing up looking like that because that is just fantastic. Uh, and I'm sure Big Red enjoyed it as well. Lots to dive in here when you're talking when you start talking about these two teams. Uh, so let's go ahead and get after it a little bit. You look at this Kansas City team and how they've been playing over the past two months. Uh, they've been playing very sound football on both sides of the ball, uh, and that's really kind of different from how they started the season. Uh, their defense really struggled the first part of the year and came on in the second half and really helped the offense win some games down the stretch. When you look at Kansas City and and the problems that they pose offensively, how does San Francisco's defense really get started in in preparing how to defend them? Yeah, I think that is the number one storyline here when it comes to actual football on the field and X's and O's and how this thing matches up. And I have gone back and forth and I still have some work to do watching the Chiefs, and I'm glad to be talking to you here, and maybe you can filter some of that out for me. Let me know which games I need to go watch, because how do you defend Patrick Mahomes? And maybe you just don't, but I, I keep coming back, and I keep watching the Chiefs, and as good as they are, and how much speed they have, and how great Patrick Mahomes is, it's still football, still a football player, it's still a football game. He's not unbeatable, he's not Superman, even though it's very difficult to defend him. So I have gone back and forth thinking, okay, Mahomes better against man coverage than he is against zone coverage. But the 49ers run a lot more zone coverage usually, but they have been able to flip that and play some man. So do they come out in uh, that more man-heavy coverage in this game, at least at first, and see how that goes? Or do they try to play it straight up and say, look, we're the best defense they've faced. Let's play our game. We can still beat them that way. If our pass rush is better than a lot of the pass rushes they've seen, our linebackers' speed on the second level, uh, how sound we play with our defensive backs on the back end, is that enough just to play our best football and go out and beat them at their best? And so those are the things I'm kind of battling here. And I want to go back and watch how the best defensive mind in football in Bill Belichick matched up against this team in the AFC Championship game that last year. And maybe you can speak on that a little bit. His disciple, Matt Patricia, I think I liked what they did against the Chiefs this year. How do you defend Patrick Mahomes? 
you know, honestly, you can go back and watch the AFC Championship game from last year. I'm not sure it's going to give you a lot of what you <laughs> really want. Uh, and, and that's really because Mahomes really struggled in the first half last year uh, in the AFC Championship game and then came out on fire the second half. Uh, but if you go back and look at what Bill Belichick did against the Chiefs this year, I, I think that might give you a little bit of a better idea of, of how he went about trying to beat him. Uh, but still, one thing that you mentioned, and I'm glad you mentioned it, is that Mahomes has been destroying man coverage and zone coverage. Uh, honestly, he's better against zone than he really hasn't been against man. He's faced cover three before. I do think that he's given him a little bit of trouble, but with two weeks to prepare, I do think that that's also a big thing that will play in his favor. Uh, so I expect the 49ers to come out and do what they normally do with cover three. Uh, and, and, you know, the Chargers are a team that runs a lot of that concept, and they really slow down the offense at times this year. So I do think that that's going to be something that's, uh, is going to be something to watch uh, for sure. When you start looking at the 49ers covering these Chiefs receivers, though, and I think that's one of the bigger things. If you go zone, these receivers are so quick getting in and out of the soft spots and zones. I think that's going to be a problem. And if you go man, how do you cover them? Because really the bigger question that I would have for you is, how has your safety play been because I think that's going to play a huge part in this game. The corners are going to be one thing, but if the safeties aren't in position or if they're, they read something wrong and they're going after a guy that maybe isn't going to be the deep guy, that's also going to create a problem for you with Mahomes' arm strength. Yeah, and, and Mahomes making those stick throws and, and finding the windows, and the 49ers defense has seen it all. They know how teams are going to attack to cover three, and they're going to you know hit them with those seam passes, and the 49ers did a great job against Aaron Rodgers, and they actually played a lot of man if the first time against Aaron Rodgers, then beat him with a lot of zone the second time they played him, and Emmanuel Mosley picking off one of those seam throws. It's one of those cover three beater type of throws. I think Mahomes can fit it into a tighter space obviously than anybody else in the league as good as Aaron Rodgers is but you bring up the question of man-to-man and it's that doesn't seem like a great matchup and the 49ers are so good at playing the zone cover three coverage that they run so much of that you wouldn't expect that Richard Sherman versus Tyreek Hill in straight man-to-man is is the best matchup for the 49ers because he's so good in that cover three, staying on top of receivers and negating some of that speed because he's so smart and he knows the route combinations you're going to run before you even run them. So in that regard, I would think that the 49ers would come out in zone coverage and try to beat them that way. And if it doesn't seem like it's going to work, they're going to have to figure something else out and, and play a little bit more man coverage. But it's really tough because I think they're in a, they're just in a tough spot. And I think Robert Sala, the 49ers defense, the mindset there is just, look, let's make this easy. Let's play our brand of football and play it to the best of our ability, play fast, play violent, and go out and beat up the other team. They've been able to do it in the playoffs so far, but this is just a, a completely different beast with the speed on Kansas City's offense. So how do you feel about your safeties, though? How have they played in the, in the last you know eight to ten games? Because I think that's something that could really be tested on Sunday. Yeah, good point. Sorry, I didn't even get to the safety part of your, no, your question there. Uh, and, and it's been a strength of the 49ers team. I mean, the 49ers have lost some pretty important players throughout this year. Joe Staley on offense. They lost Quan Alexander. They've lost D Ford. The guy that seemed to be the most glaring loss when he was out of the lineup at the end of the regular season was strong safety Jaquasi Tart. And it was a little bit surprising almost. And I know he's a good player. 
I was surprised how hard it was to replace what he can do. And he is so big and rangy and fast. He's, he can even play in single high coverage if they need him to. But he's really good around the line of scrimmage. And he can cover tight ends. And he can match up against running backs. He's a unique kind of a player because of his size and his, his athleticism. And earlier in the year, Richard Sherman at a press conference just said, Jaquaski Tart over and over because he wanted the media to realize because he's been sort of a secret superstar for the 49ers defense as good as he is. So Jaquaski Tart's been fantastic. Having him back after his rib injury has been super important for the 49ers playoff run so far. And Jimmy Ward, we're finally seeing his first round talent play. And he's got tons of range. He's a physical player, even though he's not that big. He played a lot of corner, slot corner, safety, bouncing back and forth early in his career. Now he's found a home at that single high free safety position for the 49ers. So safety play right now for the 49ers has been a really high level, and it's really allowed everybody on the back end of the 49ers defense to do their job. And I think that's one of the big pieces of why the 49ers secondary and coverage has played so well to go along with that pass rush. A ton more to get to here. Locked on 49ers, Locked on Chiefs crossover. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's like blue, the color blue, and chew because you can chew it. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. That makes a lot more sense to me. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help your follow-through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On. To try it free, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, this is your last chance during the NFL season to bet with my bookie. They feature the most complete lineup of Super Bowl props of any sports book in the business. And you can even visit mybookie.ag party now to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On. One word, Locked On, to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so if we flip it over to the other side of the ball, you start looking at... 
the this Chiefs defense versus the San Francisco offense. Obviously, San Francisco ran the ball a lot against Green Bay, and, and everybody's talked about that. And I do think that's important because Kansas City did struggle against the run early in the season, but holding Derrick Henry to 69 yards in the AFC Championship game was a uh, was really a coming out party of sorts because it showed that they do have the ability to stop the run. And don't get me wrong, I know San Francisco's run game is completely different. That That's not where I was going with that. But I do have to ask you, the interior of your offensive line, how comfortable do you feel with those three guys, uh, Mike Person and, and you know your other center, Mike Person who used to play for Kansas City and, and your center and your other guard, uh, versus these Chiefs defenders, you know Chris Jones specifically, but you, then you also have guys like Mike Pinnell and – Derek Naughty. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more worried about Chris Jones in the pass game, I think, than the run game. The 49ers offensive line has been really good in the run game, obviously. And then they, they've been pretty good in the pass game. They've just been a really solid offensive line. I've been surprised how good, and this is another one of those injuries where the 49ers depth has really showed up this season. And when Joe Staley was out, you got really worried, and it turned out to be not that big of a problem. Guys like Daniel Brunskill filling in and doing a great job. And then when Weston Rest Richburg the high-paid center and and playing really good football this year gets hurt and he leaves back up Ben Garland jumps in you think oh man this might be a problem and it just hasn't been and Garland was fantastic uh, as a run blocker getting out on the second level last week and was a big part of Raheem Mostert's 220 yard rushing performance so the 49ers interior offensive line while they're not first round pedigree guys like Joe Staley and and Mike McGlinchey on the outside. Well, Lincoln Tomlinson was drafted really high. But yeah, Tomlinson right. at left guard, Ben Garland at center, Mike Person at right guard. If Daniel Brunskill's forced into action at either the interior spot or at tackle, the 49ers have just played really good as a unit. They're playing so well together right now. And I, I don't think that the 49ers offensive line will be a problem. But I do know that Chris Jones is a problem, and no matter if you're good or not in the interior of your offensive line, uh, he can wreak havoc. So I am a little bit worried about Chris Jones, not so much about how well the 49ers offensive line can play at a whole, even though you know maybe they have more talent on the, on the tackles than they do in the interior. It it's just has not been a problem. They've played so well, especially in the run game. And... Let me say, I'm trying to say this with as much, with as much respect as I possibly can because I'm not trying to throw shade at Jimmy Garoppolo. But when My you listeners a, are getting their Twitter fingers ready. At Chris Clark NFL, guys. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but when you throw eight passes in the NFC Championship game, that's going to uh, leave some questions by people going into the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but... I think you would have to agree with me. He's going to have to throw more in this Super Bowl to win this game because I can't imagine the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball as well as they did against the Green Bay Packers. And even if they can, Kansas City's offense is better than what the Packers are. So I think he's going to have to throw the ball. How do you see the San Francisco passing attack really going after Kansas City? Yeah, there's a couple of things there. One was, and I loved, I've talked about it multiple times on my podcast, that Kyle Shanahan's answer to that was so simple, and I love it. He People ask him, oh, man, you only threw the ball eight times. Why did you run the ball so much? Was it because of this? Was it because of that? And his answer, answer was simple. Because it worked. And is that going to work again? Probably not. It, I didn't think it was going to work again against Green Bay, though, and it did. So the 49ers, I think, would love to be able to run the ball as, as well as they did against the Vikings and as well as they did against the Packers. And if Jimmy Garoppolo only throws the ball eight times in the Super Bowl, that's a very good sign for the 49ers, but 
I think we all know that the 49ers are going to have to score some points and they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. And the uh, nobody has any doubt on the 49ers side that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be fine with that. And if he needs to throw the ball a lot, he's going to do it. The weapons have developed for Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo Samuel's rookie season has been phenomenal. He's gotten so much better in the second half after Emmanuel Sanders showed up. Emmanuel Sanders is a veteran player. He's been in Super Bowls. Uh, he can get open and make plays. And of course, you have the best tight end in football in George Kittle, uh, on offense too keep, so keep wishing <laughs> and for your listeners at bd peacock is where you can find me if the 49ers have to pass the ball they're going to be okay there but they would love to be able to run the ball every down because if you are successful running the football that might be the best defense against patrick mahomes is keeping him off the field absolutely chris i know we made fun of media week stuff and the over coverage of the super bowl but there's always some bulletin board material and i know richard sherman is probably the best in the nfl he's a hall of famer at collecting bulletin board material even if there's nothing to read into it and I think Tyree Kill did a pretty good job of not giving <laughs> Richard Sherman much but Frank Clark did say something that I thought was interesting and I thought Frank Clark might be the guy that would give the 49ers some bulletin board material but he he put his money where his mouth was last week talking about Derrick Henry and his quote had some 49ers fans riled up on Twitter when he said that the Niners haven't seen a defensive end like me and what did you think about the media stuff so far? Anything that you got worried about? The Frank Clark one jumped out to me just because, well, they have seen Frank Clark. He used to play for the Seahawks. I don't know if he forgot that. They've, they, the 49ers have played the Seahawks like eight times, so they know what Frank Clark is like. They play against some pretty good ones in practice. They've played against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, a whole bunch of really good defensive ends this year. Uh, in your opinion, you worried about comments like that? Where is Frank Clark on your list of great defensive ends? Can he be that much of a problem for the 49ers that they haven't seen someone like him yet this year? I do think he can be that much of a problem. I'm not going to say that he is the best defensive end in, in the NFL, but I think he's definitely in the top five. Uh, I think he has shown that he is uh, still the Frank Clark that he was in Seattle, and I think that was a big concern with Kansas City going into this season. Uh, and really the first part of the season, but we found out midseason that he was playing hurt most of the first part of the season. So that was a big issue. Uh, and then you start looking at how he's played, and it's not necessarily the sack numbers. I mean, the sack numbers have been great. He's gotten some good sacks in the playoffs, and that's fantastic. But it's also been the ability to stop the run and set the edge. Uh, in Kansas City, they had Justin Houston here for years, and he was fantastic at setting the edge. Frank Clark has been almost no different. He sets the edge. And that really is going to be something that could be key going into this game against the 49ers. I, you know, when it comes to the rest of the media and what has been said, I have to say I, I had to laugh about Tyree Kill's trash talk to Richard Sherman. That was great. <laughs> uh, him coming out and saying, you know, you're, you're the GOAT. And uh, I think that was fantastic on his part because, you know, uh, he said, you know, the prior week uh, when they were going to get the Titans, nobody can stop us. So he obviously respects Richard Sherman and what this team can do. So I think that's uh, fun to see going into this game. I would love to see what the media prep was like, too, for these players, because there's so much craziness going oh, on and so many guys get interviewed that probably don't have a, a, camera, a mic in their face all the time. I wonder how much it just gets hammered into their heads. Don't say anything disrespectful about <laughs> the opponent. I'm sure. Um, when it comes to the actual X's and O's and how these teams play, we've talked a little bit about how the 49ers defense will go after Patrick Mahomes. I'm wondering if the 49ers need to be worried about Patrick Mahomes' legs quite a bit. And maybe if that's the thing that saves Mahomes from the pass rush, you give him some some lanes to move around with his legs and not even so much 
his ability to, to make space and make plays with his arm, which is also scary. And you have to cover so much of the field when it comes to Patrick Mahomes because of his arm strength and he can buy time and it's really hard to cover these guys for six seconds. It's nearly impossible. But do you do you put a QB spy out there? I know I've seen some teams do that with Patrick Mahomes and then it just it opens up so much more underneath. If you've got a guy who's looking after the quarterback and you're not covering somebody, do you put a QB Scott, a QB spy on Patrick Mahomes? Do you think that's one of the ways to go about it? We've talked about the coverage, man versus zone and stuff, but you got to factor in Patrick Mahomes' legs too. No, you absolutely do. And when you start looking at Patrick Mahomes and, and what he's been able to do over these past couple of weeks, a large part of it is he's been leading the Chiefs in rushing. And I don't think that that really means much other than the fact that He's had a couple of big runs uh, because of the coverages that were being run. But when you start talking about using a QB spy, is it possible that you're going to be in a better position with doing a QB spy? It's possible, but don't forget, the Tennessee Titans had a QB spy on Mahomes' 27-yard touchdown run, and Mahomes looked made him look foolish uh, with a look back and, and making him think he was going to throw the ball. Sorry. And so I do think that it is something that they might consider doing, uh, but I don't know that that's going to be enough. Is it going to be enough to really keep him uh, inside the pocket? Maybe. But really, the bigger question when it comes to Mahomes and his, and his legs isn't necessarily the, how much he runs, because a lot of his larger runs have been when it's been man coverage and, and lanes have opened up. So that really helps. But then you start looking about him moving around in the pocket and how he's able to uh, create – and improvise when he's actually moving in and out of the pocket. And I think that's really the bigger thing. So even if you have a QB spy, you might keep him, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to slow him down because maybe that's just going to buy him a couple extra seconds to run behind the line of scrimmage and have his wide receiver break off a route into an, into an open zone area. If you're going to get beat in man or zone coverage, if the QB spy doesn't work all that great, do you just say, okay, well, let's sell out and let's just blitz Patrick Mahomes. Let's do everything we can to get in his face early in the down, not let him have so much time to make one of these big plays down the field. Is that one of the answers, in your opinion? Actually, I, th- I would not blitz Mahomes if I were <laughs> if I were San Francisco. I would not blitz him. Uh, it, the NFL Network was talking about this on Monday, and he has 16 of his interceptions when he has uh, four rushers only coming after him. So there's no blitz, and only one interception when he's been blitzed. So to me, and and obviously there's a lot of situational football there. So it's really hard to say that that's the entire key. But the point is, is that when you drop more in coverage, you're able to disguise more and you're able to, you know, uh, guard most or more of the field. And that's such a huge thing, especially when you talk about Mahomes' arm strength and his ability to get the ball all over the field. If you're going to blitz him, you better make sure that you hit him and you hit him multiple times. And I know that a lot of Chiefs fans are going to like me saying that, but that's the reality of it. If you get in his head, which I still haven't seen, I don't think to this date, then I think that it may cause issues. But again, I I haven't seen that. He doesn't seem to get riled. He will change protections and he will find a hot route. And he's going to know where the blitz is coming from. One of the plays that really stuck out to me in the championship game was a play where there was a blitz by Tennessee and Darwin Thompson, it was blitzed right at Darwin Thompson. And Darwin Thompson didn't look around for the football, but Holmes put it basically on his butt. 
And that stuck out to me because Thompson doesn't turn around. He doesn't read the blitz. And that's, you know, a rookie making a rookie mistake. No big deal. But Mahomes knew right away where the blitz was coming from and put the ball where it needed to go. And it may not have been a big game, but it was going to be a gain as opposed to just an incomplete pass or a loss with a sack. Uh, The Chiefs offensive line has been fantastic, and they've gotten a lot better picking up stunts and blitzes. More with Chris Clark, Locked On 49ers, Locked On Chiefs crossover, and some Super Bowl predictions coming up. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans, and I can attest to it going to spring training is awesome for any baseball fan. It's just a fun vacation, fun place to get away, great food. You'll rub elbows with baseball people and broadcasters, and it's just a really cool time. 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, 75-degree temperatures, all 10 stadiums in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Meet the players, get autographs before games, check out the upcoming prospects. One of my favorite things to do, go prospecting, find out who the next Major League stars are going to be. Amazing restaurants, tons of bars, craft breweries, Of course, tons of outdoor adventures and hiking, biking. And you can even check off some must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon. Bringing the kids along to spring training? Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages. Horseback rides to games, activities, wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Since Sherman is the GOAT, and I do want to talk about the other side of the ball too, but since Sherman is the GOAT, as Tyreek Hill said, do you think that uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy do they move Tyreek around to avoid Sherman? Do they like that speed on old guy matchup on the right side? If the 49ers do play strict cover three and you know that Sherman's going to be on the right side of your offense and Emmanuel Mosley's going to be on the left side of your offense, how do you think the Chiefs will attack that and how have they attacked that cover three in the past if they moved guys around or not? Well, I don't think that they're going to necessarily move somebody around just to get away from Richard Sherman. I will say this. You know, if you watch the San Francisco game from last year against Kansas City, Sherman had a big breakup in the end zone on a Tyree Kill deep ball. And a lot of people have been pointing out that he had this big breakup. And I'm sitting there kind of laughing to myself because the truth of the matter is if Mahomes puts that ball two yards further where where Hill would have been, it's a touchdown. Mahomes underthrew Hill on that play. And the only reason that it was able to even be broken up was because he underthrew him. So I don't think that they're going to shy away from going to Richard Sherman's side of the field with Tyree Kill. And the other question is, is even if you do move Tyree Kill and he's over on the left side, you have Richard Sherman tra- covering Travis Kelsey. I don't like that matchup if I'm a 49ers fan either because Kelsey is going to body him. And I'm not saying that Sherman can't be effective on Kelsey, but that's certainly something that I'm not going to like. That middle of the field, too, and and you think of the big throws, and those are the wild things that stick in your mind and the downfield stuff and all the speed. If the 49ers are sound on the back end, there's not going to be guys running free deep down the field, but it's the catch-and-run stuff. It's the underneath stuff. It's can the linebackers get enough depth if they're in that zone coverage and those stick throws that 
Patrick Mahomes can make on that second level, intermediate level, and finding the seams. That's going to be the interesting part of this game and probably where it's won or lost. So that's what I'm super interested to watch. Chris, on the other side of the football, the 40, look, the 40, a lot of people talk about the points and, and how much the 49ers are going to have to do and maybe throw the ball more and most certainly throw the ball more and put some more points on the field. But I will say, the 49ers just scored 37 points throwing the ball eight times. So they could run for points too, and they could run for big plays if the 49ers jump out to a lead. And we've seen the Chiefs dig out of holes numerous times this season. The last two weeks include, or last two games included, the 49ers defense is a little bit of a different beast. The 49ers running game is a little bit different beast. If the Chiefs get into a hole again, can that Chiefs defense be stout enough against the run to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes enough times for him to come back and make one of those miraculous comebacks in the Super Bowl. You know, one thing that I will say that I think is going to be very interesting to look at in this game and see how it ends up uh, when the score, when the game is over and the scores already counted. What did Steve Spagnuolo do in this game? Was he able to come up with something that stopped the San Francisco run? Because you look at his history in in the NFL, and he went up against an undefeated Patriots team uh, in the Super Bowl several years ago and beat them. Uh, he is the reason that they won that game is because Spagnuolo was able to figure something out to stop that Patriots offense. I'm not saying that Kansas City is going to shut down the San Francisco offense. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what I am saying is Spagnuolo has had two weeks to prepare for this game, and I think he's going to have a scheme that's going to – really helped Kansas City stop some of the running attack that San Francisco was so successful with. And I do think that what you've seen this year from this unit is that as the season has gone on, they finally got into a position where they trust each other and they know where they're going to be, and they've been playing sound football and doing their assignments and doing them well. You talked about Chris Jones earlier in the show when I was asking about the you know interior of your offensive line. And I do think that he could play a big part in the run game as well because you watched what he was able to do against uh, guys in, in the Tennessee offensive line who had been fantastic. Chris Jones blew by them like they weren't even there. Uh, so I, I do think that that could be a big key in this game. And I'm going to be very interested to see how they use their defensive front uh, how Brendan Daly really uses his defensive guys on the front line to do twists and stunts and really try to, you know, maybe confuse the offensive blockers and uh, open up holes for linebackers to get in and make stops on the running back. One thing that's key is we will see a lot of motions in this football game Two of the top four. The 49ers do more motion than any team in the league. I believe the Chiefs are third or fourth in the league in motion. We're going to see some misdirection. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to have to dial up some things that might be fun. It's a misdirection and obviously a lot of play action. So if the 49ers are able to run the ball, that play action should work really well for the 49ers, getting some guys open and getting some guys in space. We've got a lot of running catch players in the 49ers. Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle are two of the best in the NFL at run after the catch. you got to believe that the Chiefs are going to do whatever they can to stop the 49ers run game if they are over committing to the run. Does that open some things up on the back end? What are the 49ers going to see in that Chiefs secondary and I actually almost put some money down on a dark horse MVP candidate because the odds were so astronomical for Tyron Matthew I feel like if the Chiefs defense comes up big and the Chiefs win this Super Bowl someone like Tyron Matthew could have a really big impact on this game covering George Kittle making plays versus the run versus the pass let me put it this way what level is the Chiefs secondary playing at right now with the loss of Thornhill how good do you feel about a secondary that might have fewer resources 
to cover if the Chiefs defense has a lot of resources and a lot of guys in the box to stop the run? Well, I think one of the big things is you start looking at stopping the run, and I don't necessarily think that they're going to stack the box that much. I mean, maybe they're going to. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and they really try to attack that running game. But one of the bigger things here, and again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to your passing game, but one of the bigger things here that I think would have been a bigger, could have been a bigger issue is if if San Francisco had some, and I'm not saying Debo Samuel's not a good wide receiver. I'm not saying Emmanuel Sanders isn't a good wide receiver, but they don't have the deeper threats and they don't have the passing game that has been uh, astronomical all year long. So I think that they're more, I think they're a balanced attack. I think that they can throw the ball and I think they can be successful against uh, throwing the ball, but I don't think that they have a fantastic passing attack. So I think that kind of helps Kansas city a little bit to where they can uh, allocate a little bit more to the run. Uh, And I still think they have enough on the back end to be able to cover. Uh, You start looking at their corners and their corners have been playing fantastic. And they have a guy in Kendall Fuller, who's been playing a lot of safety, that originally was a corner. So you have to wonder how that's going to shake out in this game and how he's going to be used and how he's going to play. Uh, but then you have Daniel Sorensen, who's really been a jack of all trades and came up huge against Houston on special teams and then came up huge, uh, you know, in against Tennessee on, on defense. So I think that those two guys are going to be big. And I do agree with you. Tyron Matthew could be a dark horse candidate for MVP. Uh, he really is the heart and soul of the defense and he gets people lined up where they're supposed to be. Uh, and he knows the defense in and out and he is very much the vocal leader of this defense and gets them fired up as well. We got to move on and get some predictions in here. We're, we're out of time, Chris, and, and thank you so much for, thank you so much for joining me here. I love doing the crossover podcast. It's the last crossover of the year. Super Bowl 54 predictions. Chris, you go first. 49ers, Chiefs, who do you like? You know, in the end, I I think that this is going to come down to a game that, uh, you know, if the 49ers are able to run the ball, anything like what they were able to do against the Packers, it's going to be a very tough game for Kansas City to win. Uh, You asked me earlier what happens if Kansas City gets down early. Uh, I do think that that's possible. That really changes the way that this game goes. But I do think that they have the best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's going to make a big difference in this game on Sunday. I think he is uh, above where you would expect him to be with his with this being his third year in the NFL. Uh, and, and honestly, I think that he's going to step up and he's going to have something to prove in this game because you are right. They have San Francisco has a great defense, and I do think that that's going to be something that uh, Andy Reid has really been prepared for over this past couple of weeks uh, in looking and how he's going to set up his offense to be successful. The bigger thing for Kansas City is can they come out and execute? because that's what got them down against Houston is they didn't execute on offense and then they got down. Uh, and, and some of that was, you know, the same in Tennessee. So if they come out and execute, I think they're in, a, in great shape. And I think Kansas City wins this game. I think it could be a high-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 38-31 Kansas City. Yeah, I think the over is the easy bet there. If you are betting on this game, there are some fun prop bets, as there usually is at the Super Bowl. And I, have, I don't usually look that deep into the prop bets, but I was just in Lake Tahoe and there was – like a 15-page book on prop bets, and I was blown away by it and had fun looking through those. But I'm going to go with 31-30 49ers, and I think it's going to come down to that drive, and it's going to come down to Patrick Mahomes cementing himself as that guy, and I, I agree with you, he's probably the best player in the NFL right now. If there was an NFL draft of everybody in the league, there's no doubt in my mind 
Patrick Mahomes would be the number one pick in that draft. If the Chiefs do win the game, he's going to be hoisting the MVP trophy along with the Lombardi, and he's going to go down the field and make that big play. And my prediction is going to flip that whole script. So much talk about, oh, Jimmy G didn't have to throw very much in the last two games to get the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world. And that prediction just flies in the face of the current narratives. And that's why I like it, because I don't think the Super Bowl is predictable enough to where it's going to be. Mahomes is the best. They're going to go down and win it because Mahomes is going to make all these plays and the 49ers defense won't be able to stop it. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to make enough plays at quarterback because the 49ers ran the ball too much the last two weeks. I'm going to say it's going to be the exact opposite of that. The 49ers defense is going to come up big and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do enough. Maybe that game-winning drive, 49ers 31, Chiefs 30. Niners bringing home their sixth Super Bowl championship. So that's what I've got, but... Overall, it's just such a great matchup, and I'm super excited about this Super Bowl, and I love how these two teams match up. I think everyone is going to be a winner in the end because it's going to be a fantastic game Sunday. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm really looking forward to it. Brian, thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you tomorrow. And thank you, Chris, and to the Locked On 49ers listeners, talk to you tomorrow as well. A weekly wink getting you ready for Super Bowl 54 right here, Locked On 49ers.